Hello, faithful listener. Welcome back to Haunted Picture Palace, the podcast in which uh, two people with soothing voices talk about spooky films. I am Ben. I'm one of those people with a soothing voice. I'm technically another one, and my name is Amelia. Hello. And uh, today we're talking about an American werewolf in London, John Landis's 1981 horror comedy, I guess? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's fair. For we, we are indebted to a listener who I... Who, but unfortunately I've forgotten which one it is, who suggested this one as a good pick for the pod, because it's a film that manages to be properly frightening and properly funny sort of at the same time or you know without one detracting from the other and before we get into it a bit of a content warning to start with i think suicide suicide well uh suicide idolation a lot mm-hmm. of discussion of suicide and urging to suicide a lot of gore and horror effects there's some incredible yeah. uh, rick baker transformation work which we'll we'll come to animal but... death blood Human death. Yes. Oh, dog attack. If you have dog phobia, you won't like it. No, indeed. It's uh, it's an 18 certificate, and I feel like it's properly earns that in all For sorts a change, of ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a properly sort of grown up and adult film. And it, but it is also it's 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 a comedy. It's very funny, mm-hmm. and it's very horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> often quite close together. So it, it can be uncomfortable in parts, but it's a cracker. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Let's crack on, I think, unless you have anything preparatory to say before we... No, not just yet. Let's go for it. Before we begin, mm-hmm. insert theme. <coughs> so we open on the Moors, or at least what is supposed to be the Moors, I believe it's actually... Rural Wales that we're in here. Nice, I put English countryside question mark. Uh, we're listening to Blue Moon, by the way, or one of the many versions of Blue Moon that exist. Indeed, and we're in the back of a Mark One transit van, mm-hmm. uh, which you used to see everywhere on the roads, but uh, they've all rusted through now. <laughs> but uh, we're in with a, a bunch of sheep as well, which is yeah. um, a nice bit of uh, foreshadowing, I suppose. Because yes, lambs the, to the slaughter. Well, exactly, yes. Um, we have a couple of American hitchhikers, young American Jewish, handsome boys, handsome boys indeed, who are seeing a bit of England before going on to see some of Europe. Perfect. It's the cleanest farmer I've ever seen. <laughs> he's got bad teeth, so you know he's British. Yeah. Um, and we've got some interesting costume choices. So one, fair enough. Farmer's too clean there's literally not a speck of dirt on him or really his van uh, despite it being full of sheep mm-hmm. uh, two we're in an incredibly warm looking red puffer jacket and yet still cold that is every american that's ever visited <laughs> any part of the uk but it looks wonderful like it's a proper 80s i would roll around in that now like almost ski it is a ski jacket i think he says at one point it's yeah. for skiing and it's red, so it is supposed to be a little nod to Little Red Riding Hood. Apparently, yeah. that was the thought behind it. Lovely. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't pick that. Well, I didn't pick that up, but my brain maybe did. You mm. know, there's a bunch of stuff working here in the early scenes, and when you're introduced to uh, the heroes, I suppose our protagonist pair, I Jack think is and fair. David. That is indeed. David's in red. 
and they are discussing all sorts of things about their trip. I said random casual sexual assault references. And poor Debbie Klein, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack is fond of Debbie Klein. and uh, He wants to assault her. He wants to make love to her where, where she has no choice. She has no choice about it. Uh, so I've just written, yikes, poor Debbie Klein. Mm. Mm, yes. Strong Ed vibes from Fright Night here from uh, him. It is It is quite Fright Nighty, isn't it? And, yes. Um, is it the same? No. Anyone? <laughs> the same anyone? No. Um, I don't think there's any crew in common that I'm aware of. Mm. But what they do share is that their directors... I think, did the director of Fright Night also write it? Yes. Because John Landis wrote and directed this, and I think both of them, and I forget what his name was, the director of Fright Night. We have an episode on Fright Night, you can go and find it. Uh, Todd, somebody maybe? Doesn't matter. Both of them had watched old horror movies in their youth and loved them. Yes. This is, in a lot of ways, a love letter to the old Lon Chaney Wolfman movies. I also think it's a classic thing where you go 20 years behind where you are for your inspiration so not just the fact that you're growing up with the horror films and then using them as your influence because you love them yeah russell russell but because it's a reference point everyone remembers and so has automatic nostalgia i mentioned that because it's things like stranger things existing now Mm -hmm. there's obviously it's a little bit further back but still when stranger things first started coming out it's yeah it's because the people watching it will have memories from that time and therefore already feel familiar with it but also it's uh, the love letter thing alongside it and I feel like they do that every 20 or 30 years yeah. all the way along through cinema I feel like a lot of Stranger Things as well is based not just on remembering the 80s but also in being growing up in the 90s and yeah. seeing all this stuff on the telly yes. in the same way that although this heavily references uh, the Wolfman, the 1930s one. Yeah. Obviously, John Landis isn't old enough to have seen it then, but he saw it on the telly when he was a kid, you know, Late 20, mm-hmm. 30 years later. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. It's a it's a script that he'd written about a decade earlier as well, the very beginning yes. of his career. This was the, the, the film he wanted to make as his second feature after mm. his first, but his first didn't set the world on fire, really, so nobody was willing to finance... A, a werewolf movie from him, you know. So he he sat on it, but then by the time this rolls around, he'd made Animal House and the Blues Brothers, uh, okay. which were both successful yeah. and brought in a lot of money, which meant that he was able to get the funding to make this. Neither of which I've seen, by the way. Ah, mm. well, they're very unlike yeah, this. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> they go into a pub. Ah, yes, the slaughtered lamb. Oh, perfect. Here's the name of the pub. Totally believable northern pub response, not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. Or any countryside pub. It looks exactly as you imagined it will, if that makes sense. (laughs) It was like the one we went to that had an open fire and I was the only woman there. Yeah, I remember that. Where was that? Yeah, it's a terrifying, terrifying pub. (laughs) Yes, with a Rick Mayo cameo, uh, credited as chess player two or something, or chess player one. Looking sneaky and having a vague northern accent when he talks, which is yeah. nice. Excuse me, but what's that star for on the wall? It's such a nice, such a nice way to ruin everyone's night. I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, just like any northern pub that you might walk into, there's a sort of five-pointed star on the wall <laughs> with candles around it that obviously have been 
lit for a, a while. You know, mm -hmm. lit for a while. It, does, it doesn't look fresh. It doesn't look new. No. And um, the locals are uh, an insular and sort of fairly closed bunch. I think it's fair to say. Yes. Yeah. I've put duck's breath, but I don't know why. No idea. And then nice for foreboding pub conversation. Yeah. Yeah. A duck's breath. I don't know what that would be in reference to. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I put pentangle. Dot dot dot. Is that is this reference to the thing on the wall? That's what they called it. Indeed, yes. It's yeah. not though, is it? Well, is it? Isn't it? It could be. Fair enough. Five-pointed star. Yeah, technically. I think that's right. I yeah. don't know. I mean, you know, you're uh, of the two of us. You're the sort of. I would have called it, it. It is just a pentagram. They've. Right. Yeah. I mean, doesn't really matter. I suppose. No, I suppose not. I suppose not. But yeah, there's something, there's something going on in this pub that is over and above his hostility to young American tourists in puffer jackets, isn't there? Definitely. I said I quite like. I was like. <laughs> Oh, I quite like their toxic masculinity friendship. All the different flavours of Northern in one pub, which is quite nice yeah. as well. So yeah. you've got Brusque definitely killed a boy and buried him on the property. <laughs> that's the... And he's a little bit twitchy about it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he drinks. Yep. You've got sort of someone that belonged in Last of the Summer Wine, the, the landlady. Yeah. You've got... Um, angry dart player there yes angry dartsman you've got uh young scraggly boys who yep. are just sort of farm lads yep out for the night and no other women at all <laughs> i've written a woo so i assume we hear some so they basically kick them out of the pub they're like no we, no There's time no for your here. sort go away yeah they are off out into the chilly cold night and it, it does look cold it does look cold yes yeah. Oh, yeah. I've even put. It looks genuinely cold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You can see their breath. <laughs> she wrote um, it. It's a nice, nice way. But we do cut. I think after they sort of, they they kick him out basically. But they say stick to the two rules. Stick to the road. Stick to the road. Yeah. What was the other rule? I don't remember. Don't they only had two rules. They broke both of them. I've written that. I don't know. Perhaps I'll. St oh, beware of the moon, or stay in. Oh, stay in the. Beware the moon. Beware the moon and stay, on, stay the on the roads. Stay on the roads. Yes. So they ignored the moon and wandered off into a field. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Of course they did. Yeah. Yes. I, I really like the way we cut back after they've left. We cut back to inside the pub where they. And the guilt. They're feeling a bit bad about having sent these yes. boys out, because you know we don't yet know. Well, we've seen the title card of the film, so you got and you've heard a howling <laughs> in the distance, so mm -hmm. you got a fair idea. But you know, basically, we don't yet know. What fate awaits? That could have just been a pub full of werewolves. Oh, uh, heroes! Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah, uh, but it's nice that they say, you know, you can't, you can't, can't send them out like that. You know, you mm. <laughs> they feel slightly apprehensive about it, but they don't do anything. No, I said they're so exposed in that field, and it actually feels like it. I got very strong ginger snaps vibes from it, so I assume. Oh yes. This film has to be a reference point because there's a lot of similarities there's a lot of clearly of love for yeah. this film from the ginger snaps people but that scene where ginger gets bit yeah spoilers go and listen <laughs> to the other episode we did but the scene where ginger gets gets bit is just super similar but in a different season yeah yeah you did right yeah. yeah yeah and we get this wonderful 
release of break of tension yeah. bit because they they get they think they they get a bit lost. I think they're going to head back to the pub, but they don't know which way the pub is. Yeah. And then one of them stumbles, you know, one of them just falls down on the ground. Yeah. Which is like, it's a big noise and he goes, ah, you know, and, and so you, it sort of breaks the tension. Mm-hmm. And you think like they've done the jump scare thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then immediately thereafter, the, the wolf comes in. Or yeah, a I mean, beast I, of some kind. I put it such a cheap and great way to do horror to have that invisible threat. And again, mm. really similar to Ginger Snaps and a lot of things that do it on a budget where it just... <laughs> and, a, and a camera, shaky cam. Yeah. And actually it does work when it's yeah. done like this. I, I was genuinely shocked and I've written it in big letters. Oh my God, he ran. I was actually really surprised given the way they set their friendship up and yeah. the way they set their characters up. That he wasn't the the all American hero. He was a coward in the moment, as yes. he would be. Yeah, of course. In a human nature way, but it was actually a believable response to a thing Whatever attacking your pal. Whatever the hell that was, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I couldn't really believe that he ran. I said he could have helped out. He genuinely could have helped out. There were two of them, yeah. and one beast, and he ran away. Yes. Um, I was genuinely surprised. And then Jack's dead. Yeah, like. R- really, really dead, really dead. Yeah. and um, David's in a bad way as well you know like um, I think yeah. we get a, do we not get a point of view shot from him where he sort of passes out cause, and, oh yes because the locals shoot have turned, them, up. Have, have turned up and shot the wolf they, they must have felt bad about them being out there or something you know? and now there's a dead old man next to him with a bullet wound yeah which is weird because he it really looked like a wolf before <laughs> I said yeah so freaky and this is sort of fairly early on. I also wonder if this is sort of karmic revenge from Debbie Klein, you know, given that in the in the scene before the pub, he was yeah. talking about, as you say, he was talking about Just effectively assault. sexual yeah. assault. I mean, you know, without... I'm actually, you know, it, normally I excuse a lot of that stuff, but this is the 80s. It's it's not it's not our sort of swinging 60s or 70s moment of like, ah, she wanted it really. Yeah, no, but I mean, it feels like the sort of fragile masculinity bravado to another boy rather than mm. I'm, I'm not excusing it it's just that I don't want to paint this as like that because I don't, I don't feel that Jack is a is like the alpha male that that would suggest oh I see do you wow. see what I mean is that an alpha move in this cult context, in this culture? Well, the sort of dominant, like, I'm just going to, like, if Debbie Klein doesn't want it, I'm just going to take Debbie Klein. But he he doesn't... Mm. Interesting. It's it's like I don't believe him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> don't believe like, he's going to rape Well, I feel like girl. if Debbie Klein asked him to jump, he would say, how high? <laughs> yeah, fine. But this is an accepted norm between the two of them. That's true. To the point of where his you know david's response is like ah you you know yeah yeah like this is just a normal part of chat and actually i don't think obviously you wouldn't get away with this in a script now but it's also designed to not paint him as a as either of them as a hero yeah Um, yeah that's true he's a little (laughs) that (laughs) will say things like this about the woman he, he in inverted commas loves yeah no and it's definitely like i think that it's really put there deliberately yes to make you sort of dislike him a little bit not dislike yeah dislike him a little bit yeah but that's why i say it's to paint him as not a hero he's an anti-hero both of them Mm -hmm. they're both he's they're both flawed 
And it's not the depiction of American life that we were seeing in the 80s. Sure. It's not the depiction of the American male. We were seeing a lot of uber men. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? know. I do know what you mean. We yeah, had the, the 80s absolutely chock full of heroes and action men and... and Muscle-bound lunkhead. Winning wars all over the yeah. place and all that nonsense. And actually, these two are just essentially snotty kids. I find often that because there's such a cultural difference, I can rarely age American kids in films, let alone right. how old they are meant to be yeah. versus how old they are. And <laughs> all of that... Yeah, that's the other thing as well. If like anything, this is 1981. So, so they're I, casting 35-year-olds, yeah, to yeah, play everyone. Just routinely, yeah. But even so. Which is lovely now, because anyone over 35 can't get work. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, where was I? Hang on, bear with me. Loud sounds, loud sounds. Um, oh my god, he ran. And then here we have actually what I considered to be the revenge, which was Susan, who shouldn't be looking at their peens, but she does. Oh, this is an this is so this is when mm. David wakes up in hospital, mm-hmm. and yes, one of the nurses. Well, go ahead. Yeah, one of the, Susan is looking at peens. <laughs> She's lifting the blanket while they sleep, and having a good look. And discussing something that she shouldn't know about how Jewish she is. Yeah. Jenny Agatha is so, so ridiculously beautiful. <laughs> Why does she just look like a drawing of a girl? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a lot. And, yes, yeah, so, as you she's said... She's a nurse, by the way. She's a nurse. Yes, yeah. she's there. And says and suggests quite properly that, she, that the other nurse shouldn't have been looking. But yeah. also that it's the norm in America. It's a British picture, this, generally. I say, John Landis... An American director and the two stars mm-hmm. are two leading actors, who I should credit actually. David Norton plays David. Yep, and, that helps. And Griffin Dunn is his pal Jack, but but the rest of the crew are the rest of the cast and crew are British mm-hmm. pretty well, um, except for Frank Oz. Who Frank has a... Oz, unbelievable cameo. Yes, twice. <laughs> Cameos. <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah. But for the first time here, pops up as a man from the American Embassy. He would have been in the UK filming The Muppet Show at this point. How funny. Uh, which is how he was able to turn up, and presumably as a pal of John Landis, because yeah. he also also has a cameo in The Blues Brothers, yeah. his previous film from the last year, playing a prison officer. So pops up here doing his fuzzy bear voice. So weird. <laughs> Imagine getting your legal advice. He's the lawyer, isn't he? He's like a... Yes, he's he's from the Embassy, so he's a dip, he's diplomatic stuff rather than like a lawyer per se but exactly he's talking about all of the yeah all of the legal stuff of you definitely of, saw a man and not a dog yes and, yeah. yeah yeah and sorry that your friend is dead yeah but yes so distracting so strange <laughs> to hear it really does trip you out like yeah. no matter what your association with the Muppets is you will know that voice when you hear it yes yeah because I was we were sitting watching it and I said I think he's the I think oh, it's Frank Oz I recognised him because I've seen him in the Blues Brothers yeah, of course. and then just as I said I think he's the voice of Fuzzy Bear <laughs> the voice of Fuzzy Bear comes out of his mouth <laughs> imagine being I know it's a side note but imagine being such good friends with Jim Henson and then just having to carry on with your life once he goes it's the yeah. Muppets are everywhere and yeah. Frank Oz and him were obviously BFFs yeah well I mean yeah Fuzzy and Kermit is, exactly is, is the two of them isn't yeah, it yeah and know? it's so nice those yeah. little sides and all the outtakes and things it makes me sad anyway <laughs> separate point so we were looking at Penis and we were looking at Jenny Agatha and then we were looking at Frank Oz <laughs> prepare yourself he's dead 
is is oh, the yeah. <laughs> yeah and it is it's it's a it's a comic line really yeah. it's a funny line there's a lot of very black humor in this very very it feels british humor yeah despite being an Ameri- essentially an american film and i know it's filmed in england but yeah. that director's american but he gets it you know yeah yeah and he's he's talked about like loving british humor there's a we watched the arrow blu-ray disc yes. from a couple of years ago which has is stacked with extras one which is a documentary well, a, a little documentary, an interview with John Landis about the making of the film in mm-hmm. Britain, and he said that uh, he'd had this idea for the script in the late 60s, and he was working on a film in the UK, and he happened to turn the telly on and catch an episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus, and that it just sort great. of changed his life, you know? Wow, he was like, oh, this is, so good. this is incredible, this is funny. He got it yeah. immediately, and there is that, like, yeah. sensibility running through... His more and also like his more like out and out comedic work. I know you said you haven't seen the Blues Brothers. No, but, no. But yeah, you, you, it's it feels a good fit. The, right. The, the you know the production and and everything. The director's vision comes through in in the actors. You know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Took me a while, but I got there. <laughs> we get he's in hospital and we get this jump cut just about here to young David running th- naked through the woods. Oh, killing a deer with his bare hands. It's not immediately clear what's what's going on no. there, whether that's a flashback or whether that's what he does in the evenings yeah. or where he is or whatever. We find out soon after this that he's in London now, yeah. making the title make sense, I guess. So so that's a, a dream sequence, I guess, but it's very... Well, there's dream sequences all the way through as his condition worsens. So, sure. Yeah, so I would imagine this is the first one and it's designed to spin us out. Yeah, which it does quite successfully, I think. Yeah. What was I saying? I was just about to say a thing. F- running dream. Yes, that's actually before Frank Oz, but that's fine. Oh, sorry, right. Prepare yeah. yourself, he's dead. Hmm. Wow, so weird to hear Miss Piggy and Fuzzy Bear at once. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then. I forgot, he's Miss Piggy as well. Yes, and then yeah. why is he in this, right? Is what I put in the start. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I think we're a buddy. Yeah. Nurse Price can see to all of my needs. That is all. The Scotland Yard guy is wild. I actually love him. Sergeant McManus is uh, my favourite character in this film. Oh, wow. He really stole it. He really stole it. And I didn't look him up. Did you? No, but I've I've still got the cast list open. Bear with me. Who is he? Oh, hang on. This is... They're in order of appearance. Oh, okay. So... Frank Oz. Doctor, there's Frank Oz. Don McKillop is Inspector Villiers and Sergeant McManus is Paul Kember. Paul Kember, who doesn't even have a picture. I didn't his... recognise. I mean, he does. He's, I can't think of nobody in this film sort of really jumps out as a poor performer. No, not at all. He's an Edinburgh native, born in Edinburgh. Oh, perfect. Um, who's has a fair few mostly British television credits. You know, turned up in a couple of episodes of The Bill, like every British actor. Absolutely, ever. heartbeat. He's done of a course. Heartbeat. He seemed to have had a role in Commoners Muck, which I think was a sort of comedy drama about bin men oh really off the top of my head he's done a taggart but um just yeah anything you could but, you're allowed to yes, do when you're not, scottish exactly you know just um uh he's in the long good friday he's an episode of the sweeney so yeah just a jobbing british actor well i was very impressed he's a good comic actor it's good timing he's chaotic and shirt out and looks knackered it's it really worked for me yeah and it's great it's great next to the straight man as well, the kind of guy looking at him like, what are you? <laughs> yeah, his his milk toast 
colleague. Yeah, yeah, yeah their rea- their the du- their sort of tiny double act is really nice. Yes, they're, they're incidental characters, but they they're yeah. quite nicely fleshed out because they do pop up again later. And I did put this as the UK version of Officer Doofy, which I think is a bit harsh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Do you know no, the reference? I do. Is that um, scary scary movie? movie or one yeah. of those? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite that extreme. I watched yeah. that again this morning and I regretted some of it. But you know, to to drag to drag us to drag it back to highbrow, this is just a version of Dogbury from uh, Much Ado About Nothing, isn't it? You know, it's the, the, I'm dragging it back down to lowbrow. I'm going for the policeman in Scream, who's right. played by uh, Arquette. Oh, yes. Anyway. <laughs> naked one. Ah, uh, now, sorry. Now it's naked wood running and animal jumping. Right, yes. There sorry, was I've, I've a previous got... running dream that we w- oh, that yes. was a bit more Just abstract. A, a very quick cut, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then he wakes up looking all shocked. Black mountains in Wales, I've written in the side, so that's where oh, no. we are. The... I said, <laughs> uh, 80s hospital life looks weird, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, there's not. We find out we're in London, mm. right? But this is very much written like a small cottage hospital yeah. in the in like Lincolnshire somewhere, where very there's about much. three three patients in, and then none of them need any urgent care. They're all care. fine, exactly. But it, it doesn't matter, does it? But the the it's food a bit carry on. Actually, the hospital looks like a carry on set. Right, I suppose. Don't you think? I hadn't thought of, I hadn't thought Ooh. about it, but yeah, I, can, I mean, I can I can see what you mean. <laughs> it's just that the 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 the, the going the tones of the, the tone of the goings on isn't mm. really sort of quite so saucy. If oh that no, makes it's sense. not oh matron, but they are looking mm-hmm. at each other's penis. You know, yeah, like I it's, yeah, I it's, suppose, yeah. it's not all yeah. <laughs> cricket. <laughs> the I said they're both very cute. To be fair. Uh, Johnny Agatha and David Norton they're both very cute yeah. and then I put good grief because actually I think they got a bit close to each other actual sexual tension read them and weep Kenneth Branagh we're looking <laughs> at you, you. this well. is what sexual tension looks like I actually believe them I think they do probably want to have a bit of a bang well I've written the food looks so bad that even being fed fed it by Saint Jenny Agatha doesn't make it very appealing and doesn't make it very appealing, but th- that's a great is a great scene. She could feed me a live squid. I mean, <laughs> if, if she looked like this at the time, I'd be well away. Goodness me! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't want to eat anything, and she says, "Well, you have Mom, to." Do I have to feed you all your meals? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, where are we here? Uh, wounds clean before he got to the hospital really freaked me out. Hmm. And I've forgotten the doctor's name. John Woodvine playing the mm, lead doctor. He's here, great. Who is another great British actor who was in a lot of British telly. He's only great later in the film, though. I feel like in the beginning of his role, he's a completely different character. That might just be me being awkward, but... Oh, he's a beautiful young man. It's weird. I've never seen him young. <laughs> it doesn't look... It's very strange. Look at um, that. Oof. Yeah, but... Please um, Google, dear listener. It's a handsome thing. He's uh, still around, but I think retired now. Oh, I've said that. He was in The Crown. There's uh, a Doctor Who episode of it. Yeah, he's done a few Doctor Whos uh, in his time. But he often would play authority figures. Mm, he's got that doctors, face. Doctors, men from the ministry. I think he's policemen. a sea captain in a Doctor Who. A lot of policemen, mm. exactly, yes. Uh, yeah, he had a, a rear-carrying role in The Bill, so that'll be as a copper. <laughs> But yeah, again, a, mostly a telly actor rather than a, a film one. But it's the British film industry in the early eighties. Mm. You know, there, there was a lot of telly actors who would pop up in a thing like this. The 
why do I don't I don't understand sometimes I put ugh girl I don't know what that means no me neither <laughs> Muppets discussing Punch and Judy so meta and we've met Frank Oz and now we see him as Miss Piggy it's very strange yeah the family murder dream scene that follows yeah is horrendo yeah it's but it's so really good it's brilliant it's extraordinarily well done because it is so i think that the the power in it is in the brutality yes it is i also totally get why the transformation scene in this film is iconic but i also feel like there are three or four scenes that would also be iconic if that scene didn't exist sure and would still also be quoted and i think this dream scene is probably one of them so even if you can't stomach the rest of the film try and find a clip of it because you'll get an idea Mm -hmm. of what we mean the um yeah it's very dark it very much feels like an actual nightmare yeah uh, it's uh, rick baker is is the credited in this with special makeup effects which yes because rick baker yeah because this is not a we've mentioned his work before did he work on ginger snaps Oh, he might have done. He certainly worked on something we've talked about. But he really mm. sort of invented this. I mean, obviously there were people who did prosthetics before, going right back to, I think it's Jack Pierce in the 30s. On wow. The, on the Universal. Yeah. Doing the makeup on that, on things like The Mummy. Yes, of course. But, but here he had a team of people working for him. He had like a little special effects department. So cool. And they were just, they were just fans of his, people who'd written to him saying, I want to work with you. It wasn't Fright Night, was it? He's got a resume as long as your arm because he's extremely good. And he's also responsible for the sort of horror masks of the Gestapo guys who come to the door. That's really what they are. The wolves. And yeah, wolves, of course, as well. So you've got the, you've got that element to it. Yeah. And yes, sort of just brutally and graphically slaughter this suburban Jewish American family. Mm Mm-hmm. The nurse stabbing, yes. And then you do that, we have that classic thing, which you've already done before, where you have... Dream within a dream. He slips and wakes, and so then you have the sort of tension release. Yeah. And then he wakes up, and uh, beautiful Jenny Agatha says, I've got just the thing, and then it's immediately stabbed in the chest by another one of the horror monsters. It's so good. Yeah, And I feel bad in talking about it. You Really, you should see it and not be expecting it. Yeah, yeah, well, again, I'm assuming people have watched the films before they they listen to us. Sorry, Chris, but most people have seen the films. (laughs) And then listen to it. And if you haven't, you know, go and, go and watch it. It's, it's brilliant. It'll still be brilliant, even if you know it's coming. <laughs> Wolf family murder dream scene, yes. I've put no, three breakfasts, not on our NHS, or some <laughs> rubbish joke. <coughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to even vaguely laugh at that. But here we go. Uh, I've got a potential title. For the on. episode, life mocks me even in death. Oh, that's good. I really like it. Is this? Have you pulled that out? Because this is where this we is meet. the rules. This is the second set of rules. So we've had mm. two rules. It's unusual to have two sets of rules in a horror film. Yeah. But they're not. They're just not the same as the first half. The first ten minutes of the film. No, that's fair enough. Because they didn't listen to those rules, they then get new rules. Yeah. You know, and the new rules are kill yourself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's basically it. Um. And this is sort of what I meant when I said at the beginning this is a very adult film. This is an 18 certificate, quite rightly. Yes. Um, and you talked about not getting away with stuff. I feel like this is quite out there. 
this is always this will always be quite out there where you have like the message of the film to the hero is you have to kill yourself. You need to destroy you yourself. You need to destroy yeah. you need to die. You have to just it'd be it'd be much better. You're a yeah. danger to yourself and others. Just you have to kill yourself. It's extremely dark, it's extremely horrible, it's extremely adult. And I suspect I wasn't around in nineteen eighty one, but I suspect that it was sort of fairly shocking then as it is shocking now. Do you think? Yeah. I hope so. Only because I can't think of... I, I, it feels unusual for this kind of thing. Usually there's at least some pretense of a redemption right. possible for your sympathetic protagonist. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, kind of. I feel it. Yeah, you're right. I think it's hinted at a lot more than it's made explicit. In yeah, other films. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Where it's really... like there is another option, and they do a knowing look and like play with a knife, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it, something like that. But this is much more, again, really fright night, really yeah. fright night. Even though that's not something that happens, you can imagine Evil Eddie being like, it is Evil Ed, isn't it? Evil Ed, yeah, yeah. yeah. Being like, maybe you should just kill yourself. Yeah, it's really manipulative and strange. He's sort of doing cyber bully behavior, but in real life, and yeah. before the internet. <laughs> Just bullying. Just <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. That's... <laughs> uh, it's not quite just suicide. Mm-hmm. It's also trying to convince him that the best thing he could do is die. Yes. Oh yeah, and that he's a werewolf, of course. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But he is also his dead best friend who's come to talk to him. So I can see why that would freak you out. Yeah. And I want to put in another word for Rick Baker's makeup oh, here yeah. at this point, like recently dead Jack. He looks unwell. It's it's great work with his it's subtle throat enough. open, yeah, and um, yeah, slash across his across his face. Oh, it looks great. Yeah, it's, really good. You know, it, and it's it's gross. It's horrible. It's supposed to be unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. Random kiss, and then I'm a werewolf, which <laughs> yeah. is a far cry from I know which you are of Twilight. Yes, <laughs> say it. <laughs> <laughs> I've made that much better than it is. <laughs> that was my, my dramatic reading really wiped them off the face. Nineteen eighty one food is cheap. That's is true. Yeah, I love the um, like colour shots of early eighties London. Me too. Of them like on the tube with the punks. I said a lot of those punks look like people I know now. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and again, it's the I think it's partly like the foreigner's eye. Like he had been to. Britain, John Landis, oh, but he wasn't. He wasn't British yeah. as such. And again, that sounds horribly like xenophobic. I don't mean like <laughs> well, you know, this is a local film for local people. I mean that it's like the, it's it's the outsider to a culture coming in and, and looking at it and being like, yeah, we pick up this, we shoot, we shoot this. Eighties punks, yeah. No, <laughs> no way she could afford that flat in London on her own. No, I know I've got the same thing. Have you? Yes. When and on a nurse's wage. On yeah. a nurse's wage, that flat in central London. No way. Yeah, absolutely. I put, um, Jenny, you're perfect. It's true. Interestingly, intimate shower sex scene. The shower scene and the sex scene are really quite long. Yes. They're really sensitive. I was quite, I don't know. It was just unexpected. And I put a bit long, a bit too long. (laughs) Too long? Jenny Agatha. Well, then I put, turns out everyone loves Jenny in this crew, right? Well, she's, I mean, she's wonderful. And then also a cuddle. She's a great, like, I don't mean to thing is like any boy who watched walkabout in school when they were like 14 or 15 because they did it for english and then they watched the film where she takes her clothes off at the end and goes for a swim oh yeah you know and this has been a a staple of the british school system for 
20 odd years. I don't know if they're still doing it, but certainly it was. Yeah. It had been around for a long, long time. You know, these people have a, a special place in their heart for St. Jenny Agatha. <laughs> but it's also a cracking performance. She's, she does great work here, I think. Yeah. You know, she's also a good actor. I find her more attractive here than I do in Logan's Run. Right. And that's saying something, because that <laughs> used to be one of my list. Yeah. Um, but one I think it's because she's a bit older and a bit... She's just incredibly British awkward, but she plays it really beautifully. Well, I love this little scene when she... when Because she brings him home, you know, when he's, when he's discharged <laughs> from hospital, she takes him yeah. home. And she, I love that little scene where she t- talks about how I many... I find you attractive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in the habit of taking stray Americans home. Yeah. And I've had X number of... Seven. Uh, how many of which were one-night stands? And anyway, yeah, five and then, of them were one-night stands. And I, I love the way she pronounces the word telly, because she says, why don't you sit and watch the telly while I take a shower? And then we cut from that to them both in the shower. There's some really nice cutting Yes, here. true. Some really nice editing in the way that it, it almost Kenneth. feels like we've missed something it's they feel quite abrupt but at the same time you, you never fit you also it's also instantly clear what has been elated maybe we should send um, it we to don't Kenneth. need we don't need to see like their their attempt at seduction or whatever don't we don't need to see her looking at her him as he goes into the shower or you don't need to see him his indecision you don't need any of that stuff because it's beautifully set up We've got yeah, that's what I'm saying. We should send it to Kenneth. Yes. <laughs> like, Ken, Ken, Ken. You didn't need all that stuff. No, no. This runs, I think, 90-odd minutes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 1 hour 37, so 97 minutes. Perfect. Including credits. Much better. Everyone loved Jenny here, and a cuddle at the end. Oh, for goodness sake. Past me is a disgusting fiend, oh, and dear. has noted that David did not wait post pee. Right. <laughs> At all. <laughs> not even a shake. Well, he was he was distracted. No, it was after he'd peed that he saw his pal yeah. in the mirror, wasn't it? Yeah. He was just bimbing about. Yeah. Well, he was probably in a post agata days. Even more reason to wipe. Maybe he'll never wash that thing again. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> family show, really. A family show. Oh, is it? Well... <laughs> We're covering eighteen. Well, yeah, you're right. Yes, yeah, fine. If you're if you're a small child, you shouldn't be watching this film. Goodness me. Watch it, Auntie Amelia says. Watch it. (laughs) Jack's looking worse. Yeah. He turns up again, makes some horrible remarks, carries on with his life. Uh, His death. I was going to say yes. (laughs) He can't carry on with his life. But it is a little reminder that he's supposed to be killing himself right now, rather than um, banging his jollies with a nurse. Mm. Indeed. Uh, I've just written Jenny's got issues, and I'm into it. I think that's where she's like, "Oh yeah, he's mad," but I'm into that. Well, I feel like her explanation of why David is seeing Jack is very plausible. Yes. You know, I mean, she is a medical professional as well yes and the idea that he's traumatized because his yeah. friend has died and he feels guilt because the old survivor's guilt mm-hmm. thing you know in some films that would wash in a different type of film yeah that would be what was happening yeah that's right yes here we go the doctor seems to be the van helsing of all this so yeah you said there that his character seems to change between his yes, the first introduction and i feel like if that happens this is 
Yes. This marks the turn, doesn't it? It's as he's been putting things together, he's going into detective mode because he's clearly got the face of a policeman. <laughs> that little Guinness glass was really sexy. I don't know why they stopped doing them in those. Ooh. It was a gorgeous little thing, like fluted almost, like oh, yes. in the waist. Very nice. Mm. Because I drink half a Guinness, so I would have noticed when he ordered it. But that's... <laughs> bring right, those but back. Perhaps the answer is you have to go to like terrifying rural pubs <laughs> in your MGB because yeah. you're an urban sophisticate. I think he's, he's got his umbrella with him and it's sort something of like, Something annoying. And, yes. Uh, yeah. He is in, in inverted commas, country clothes, yes. Yes, yes. But he just rocks up and is completely... Well, appears completely unfazed by the wall of hostility and the very odd locals that are there. Yes, he actually... It feels like he's making a documentary. Or, as as is often the case, like a policeman that thinks he's being sort of cool. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's undercover. He's either Louis Theroux or he's undercover. <laughs> so the Doctor, yes, Van Helsing, Guinness, awkward pub bants, yep. Yes. <laughs> the continuity on that glass of beer made me laugh out loud, though. Oh, yeah, you said. <laughs> tell, the, tell the listeners at home. No, it just goes empty and full and empty and full mid-conversation several times because I, I was looking at the glass. I of noticed course. it. <laughs> It's my fault. Sorry, guys. And the official line that he's been told Mm -hmm. was that it was an escaped lunatic who did in young Jack and so grievously injured young David. Yeah. Uh, But but it's but I think there's something about it always bothered him and the fact that the wounds were dressed, but apparently nobody else saw it. So yeah. The village secret motif really hits home as well. There's something really unsettling about it. Creepy kids and dog. Why? Hmm. Block cats. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll oh, sorry. The, just before I'll that, I'll see to the dogs. Oh yeah, the dogs are fine. The dogs are fine, lads. Oh, Sit that. down. Yeah, is that what you mean? No. no. But interesting callback. In fact, in the next scene, then, so the dogs are fine and all that awkwardness. But then he does a little tiny confession to the doctor, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Yeah, and standing like, in the rain yeah. outside the pub. Yeah, Andy McDowell moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going. I've got a secret. Yeah. And I've got the key. Yeah. <laughs> what's what does he give him? What's the information he gives him? He's like, There's more to it, mate, basically. Yeah, I think it's just his guilt about these two innocent. We shouldn't have let we them We shouldn't have let them go. We shouldn't yes. have let them go out. And he says, Oh, you know, that's interesting. Tell me more about what, what happened. But I don't think he He doesn't gives, get much he doesn't out get, of him. But it's it's confirmation that the story was nonsense, basically. That's what he takes away. Yes, that was that Whatever sense. was going on, it wasn't what he was told. Yep. There was no escape lunatic, there were no witnesses. Yep. Because he mentions in the pub, he's like, awful business here, and they're like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I like your candle. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So, the, the bit I'm talking about is when, obviously, David gets locked out of the house when oh, yeah. Jenny goes to work, when the nurse goes to work, rather. Mm-hmm. And it is Jenny, but you know, calling uh, her Jenny Alex, isn't helpful. Alex, Alex is her name yes. in the film, yes. And then turns to find creepy twins and their dog. Oh right, yes, that. Yes. Who are just creepy. And an angry cat. Yes. So I wondered if this was a thing in the old werewolf floor that because the cat hisses at him, and yeah. I wonder if this is that. The, the cat can sense. Well, I, no, no. There's a classic thing that dogs and cats can sense when something's up. Right. It doesn't yes. have to be werewolves. It's they can. They have the sixth sense. They know when ghosts are near. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why we should get one, so we can <laughs> <laughs> detect. But um, yeah, I like his little snarl back. Um, 
here's the thing. They think we're obsessed with darts here. Were we obsessed with darts in the 80s? Bullseye was Bullseye around. Bullseye was around. Yeah. yeah. Darting was a, a very popular hobby. Working men's club, yeah, of yeah, course. Absolutely. And it was Good point. it was televised and there was only like three channels. <laughs> And Channel Two was mainly darts, darts for yeah. the there's, 80s. Actually, there's because there's the is it is either not nine o'clock news or Griffith Jones and Mel Smith. There's oh, a sketch yeah. of of the dart of darts darts players and going and they you know televised and they go and then but instead of the dartboard they've got around lots of drinks. Oh wow! So they, so you know. I think it is Mel Smith and Griffiths Jones, but whether they did it's part of something else. And it goes up and something like that. And then he goes, yeah, double whiskey. And he knocks it back. Because yeah. this was the thing that would be like televised and the. I know, they were the, drinking And they would be half yeah. cut. Exactly. So, yeah, it was a big British cultural thing at the time. Maybe not quite as big as John Landers makes out. <laughs> but it's not that weird. It's not like everybody's suddenly into lacrosse or something. It was, right. a, it yeah. was part of like the British working class. Life. And then we have your favourite bit, Naughty Nina. Naughty Nina. So I did look up Naughty Nina. Yes. yes, on the telly, an advert for is it the News of the World? Something. Yeah. Something, something about where um, yeah Nina Carter tells off, and uh, yeah she was a real glamour model. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and I don't know what that scene is is doing there really, other than it was something perhaps that John Landis found interesting and 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 it is sort of funny and incongruous and strange, but it's the sort of thing that again. Uh, an outsider might pick up of, of British culture and go. This I is wonder weird. if, to me, it reads more like she auditioned for a part or something. That's entirely and plausible. And he was like, "Oh, we should get you in here. Actually, well, that's did, quite fun." At, so, at the climax of the film, obviously, they go to the yeah. erotic film theatre, and they did make that film. So they she do. possibly was inter- Possibly she was up for a role in. Oh, good point. In the yeah. porno <laughs> that they made. Yeah. True. <laughs> The, I meant to say earlier that episode of the Muppets. What was it? It wasn't actually aired in America. They were. There were bits that were, in Muppet shows. They filmed more than was shown in America because the British time slot was longer. I yes, think. Yes, that's there right. It was like more adverts in America. Yes. So they filmed bits that would that were could purposefully be excised without them affecting the overall plot of the episode. Yes. And that was, I believe you said that was one of them. Yes, exactly. So American audiences would not have seen it. Yes. Even if they've watched all the, you know, even if every week they watch The Muppet Show, as a lot of but people did. But that's also a nice detail because that means you're definitely watching The Muppets in England. Yeah, and it, and it's, and because it's part of the dream sequence of the sort of yeah. nightmare, it adds a, a little bit, it's not going to be a bit that you recognise if you're watching it at home. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah. Well, also, yeah, there's something nightmarish about puppets talking about puppets. It's so nicely done. It freaks it? me out. Oh, fair enough. I really, I really enjoy that. It's amazing, it's but a, it freaks me out because it's, a it's gag amazing. The Henson Studio have done a couple of times where, like, puppets will talk. Puppets will talk about how puppets are lame. In yeah, in true, universe, true. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just mean in the context of dream interpretation. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, what can you tell us about his? dream about the wolves massacring his his family well he's he's jewish yeah so of course the thing persecuting him is a nazi-esque yeah the fact that they're all wolves is like i've killed everyone i know and love and Uh, here are the wolves literally the wolves at the door the family is because he is close to them he tries to call them you know they're, mm. they're a close family unit and he's away from home just traveling it's not like he's run away and yeah. leaving his life behind he knows his parents and his family are back there 
and his sister and stuff and then it's it's literally the nightmare is that he's been the end of everyone he knows and loves but the puppetry thing is interesting because it's the idea that you don't have any control so there's something else controlling you but in this case there's something else controlling the thing that's controlling you that's why the double puppet thing freaks me out so nice yeah oh you're so good at this (laughs) anyway that's great stuff can you remember any time where a man is smashed through a window, by the way? Yes, I... Well, I looked this up because you asked me about it. And it's in the Piccadilly Circus bit at the end. With okay, the it's later. Good, good, good. Yes, I can see it in my head now. Thank you. Um, anyway, so... I then put, David is born in a barn. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves every single door open. I guess you would after you've been locked out. Yes. Yes, but not in the sense. house and every cupboard and every no. Drawer. But we get we do get like it's quite a long sequence of him just sort of mooching, being mooching bored. Mooching is a great word. Yeah, mm, he's bored. He's just waiting for her to come home from a long shift as a nurse. Mm-hmm. Immediate nudity. By the way, so we we're entering into the iconic scene. Yeah, I love that it starts in such an understated way, where he's just reading a book. Mm-hmm. He's got so bored that he's like, oh, God, fine, I'll read a book. And has a slight cramp and then is on the floor and in agony. Screaming. Like, it, yeah, it's not it's horrible. And... Yeah, it's really horrible screaming. He's good at it. Very naked, very stretchy, very much transforming. The face is so amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. Work. And and again, this is the scene that, like, if, you've, if you haven't seen this film, there's still a chance that you're familiar with this bit because it is excerpted and... Oh, you've seen it parodied, stuff, yeah. Or parodied or referenced in in everything that came mm-hmm. after it. And weirdly, I, I remember in um, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, the Wallace and Gromit film, the, uh, oh, yeah. the Were the Moon comes up a fair a bit in there, which is which Oh, is it from does, this. doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's I didn't weird. even notice yeah, it. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Mm, yeah. I think that is the reason for the long mooching bits before, is because it's then... This all happens very suddenly after a long period of sort of inactivity mm. or trivial activity. And the fact that it happens with that sort of doo-wop song playing over it on the soundtrack yeah. again as well is makes it more horrifying in some way. And this is this is like the real Rick Baker masterclass. Stuff. Absolutely, yes. So it was done in some interesting ways, but basically lots of motors and pulleys. So yeah. they did a lot of stuff with like pressurised pistons and things to make sure that that skin is actually moving away from him at the same time as he's pulling back so there's things on trolleys yeah there's things underneath and out of sight and all the rest of it and all david has to do is look like he's in absolute agony like his entire body is changing shape it really looks painful it's horrible and he's got an incredible figure the guy playing david as well so Mm. when he's doing this sinewy kind of dog-like stretch out he can really do that with his body and the makeup together to yes. give it that weird wasted appearance. Yeah, and then and they really integrate like the prosthetics and the whatever you call it, robotics or yeah, the, the, a combination of entirely sort of puppetry, I suppose yes, it is. You definitely. know, the, and and the prosthetics and the real actor. Yeah, is all really nicely intertwined or edited and cut together yeah, and shot. Beautiful. They said. Um, that for some of the transformation stuff with the hair, mm. they made him up really hairy and filmed yeah. that and then trimmed it back a little bit to shoot the earlier. Oh, clever. And then did it, did it out of sequence. So yeah, that you of course. Can, so it's the right hair. You can do more hair. in the one. Exactly. Uh, but it also means that you can, 
you only have to fit you fit them up with hair once. Yeah. Fill that, trim it back. Otherwise, you have to fit them up with hair three times. It yeah, takes, of course. It takes longer. Genius. Mm. But I believe that uh, John Lendis was very keen that we should see he was. it. He didn't like the old fade fall behind thing. a fall behind a table and come back come as back. a wolf. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. I, I have got a lot of time for that. I yeah. like that effect. The as in the. I've gone behind a table and now I'm Mr. Hyde. Like, oh, it's, I mean, you've got, this is 1981 and you've seen that in things a hell of a lot more recent than 1981. Yeah, know, definitely. You, it's a cheap way to do it. Yeah, yeah. But this is so mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really hard to overstate how well this sequence yes. works, I think. Yeah, me too. £1.50 for a taxi. <laughs> Where are they? What London is this? <laughs> the past is a different country, you yes. know, the old L.P. Hartley thing. Uh, oh, he just trod in Harry. <laughs> well, this is what we have some great fun of some obnoxious upper middle class oh, types God. get oh, eviscerated. God. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about them and their stupid party. Yeah. What? They're, they're on their to, way to a terrible go house. Go back and scare them a little bit. Oh, wouldn't that be Japes? Yeah. I just. It just won't be Japes. Well, be I mean, eaten by a wolfman. Well, I mean, yeah, but even if even if the wolfman hadn't been there, it would have still been tiresome, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I mean, if they'd snuck round the back of any house I'd lived in, they'd end up with a riding crop round the face because I don't like being made jump, do I? Do? <laughs> no, you don't. No. <laughs> I've said again some really nice cutting and camera work here. There's one of his victims here is a businessman, a commuter. Who's on a platform in the on the underground alone, mm-hmm. and hears a sort of growling sound and shouts, "You know, this is not funny." You know? Oh, that is an amazing on, scene. When he's on the run, there's the camera tracking up the other escalator, following following the the, the commuter, and the way the camera moves. And I think it must be a steady cam shot going down. And it does look like I think we're in real underground. Well, yeah, 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 uh, for know, sure. This is location rather than set I mean, work, if I've that makes sense. Written here, Tottenham, Tottenham Court looks the same. It's got the same green tiles, right? Yeah. From then, and yeah. So yeah, presumably they just managed to get permission to film in the middle yeah. of the night after everyone, you know, everyone gone home or something. Or they broke in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah, is a really knows. horrible scene. And yeah, this is where I've, I've written. This is a comedy and a horror film. But the scares and gore are genuine, and it earns its 18 certificate. Like the, the, yeah. this, this, like, it is fun to watch. Let's say, especially the obnoxious party types. You know, you you part of you is sort of cheering for them to get yeah. torn apart. But we really, I do think it's much more fun to watch the fantasy elements in it. The 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 tearing the people apart thing is like okay, I get it. It's a horror film, but the deterioration of Jack. Yeah, and the transformation of David are by far the more fun, I yeah. would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just that it manages to do both of these things together, yeah, exactly. the, the horror yeah. and the and the comedy, sort of the, the it's genuinely funny but genuinely nasty. It's um I really like uh he David goes into a little bit of drag here and it massively suits him. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 And yeah, he slightly wakes up questionable the... scene when he wakes up in a hedge and talks to a small child about nicking the balloons. But again it's it's, it's funny. Funny. And yeah. because then the the child the child gets that wonderful line, a naked American man stole my balloons. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
yeah. Which is delivered perfectly. It's great. Yeah, it's marvellous. And, and yeah. a nice way to diffuse the tension after the escalator scene, because that is actually yes. horrible. That man can't get away quick enough. It's really well done. Yeah, and you just see, because we, we see over his shoulder and we see the, the wolf coming as he's going up the escalator. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. That's what I mean about the iconic scenes that aren't iconic because the really iconic one overshadowed is overshadowed by the, the yes. you know which is extraordinary work but the film wouldn't work and wouldn't be so good if it was just like that because there are films where it's like yeah there's some great effects work but it's just in a yeah a mess of a film and that's yeah. not what's going on here there's some there's lots of strong stuff happening um there's a very chatty cabbie next played by alan ford who i recognized from oh, numerous things yeah realize that was him yeah from, um Lock, stock, and yep. yeah, yeah, and all of those, all things. of the things yeah. we're praising evil man. Because yeah. I've just written, cool, blimey, governor murders. Because yeah, he's a proper cockney yeah. geezer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really nice. It's so, bit, before we get to that, I just thought it was a nice detail that he feels when he gets home again. Oh, he which feels he, amazing. He wakes up, doesn't remember any of it, but he's in the wolf enclosure in the zoo. Yeah, and manages to get home and say, stealing, stealing that coat that does suit him. Yeah, um, it looks great. And, it, yeah, he feels incredible. He feels amazing. Yep. And he's horny as well, you know? Yeah. He can't keep his hands off her and he doesn't know what's... You know, he doesn't, he doesn't know how he got there, but he just feels... Alive. Alive and, yeah, he feels great. Which is a really nice detail. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It'd be easy to have him... Especially since, as you say, when he meets the cab driver, this is when he finds out what he's done. Yes, and you get the instant. I think reversal. it's it's also a bit of a nod to things like Dracula, where the first day they get bit. In mm-hmm. some depictions of vampires, they have this energy boost and they've never felt better. Ah, There's a fair yeah. few that do that, where they're like, "Yeah," as it's sort of as the chemicals take over. I okay. think it's part of the idea. Like, you're a natural killer now. Like, you're excited by blood. Your eyes sparkle and you can run really fast. Exactly. <laughs> you can't see my face, listener, but, you know, <laughs> displeased. Screaming profanities to... Oh, yes! Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. So, there was already a full moon. What do you mean? Well, it's already changed. There was a full moon. It can't be a full moon the second No, yes, night. I know this is a problem, isn't it? Naughty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beware the moon. It's going to be three. It's going to be full three times in a row, and the tides are just going to destroy yeah, the earth. Yeah, I know. Yes, it is a it is a cheat because after that, after yeah. that night, you shouldn't be worried about the next night because it's not the full moon. Yeah, anymore. it should be a month. Yeah. 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 Sorry, <sighs> but the astrologer in the room <laughs> ruining lives since nineteen eighty nine. It's one of the things, and again, this is another sort of lesson as well, is that if your film is good enough mm, and enjoyable care. enough, people, nobody will care. Or, like, nobody will be. It's like, yes, we both noticed that. Looking at you, Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's a full moon every night and that. Who cares? <laughs> but yeah, his reaction to hearing about the murders and mm. his sort of almost physical disgust. Oh, yeah, it's great. It feels really real. But then, again, these attempts to get himself arrested really made me, like, giggle like a, bo- like a proper naughty schoolboy. What was your favourite one? Because he just starts screaming profanities. Queen Elizabeth's a man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you can think of. I think he can about... Churchill. Oh, um, who married Diana? Uh, Charles, he, he, is, he, uh, he he's asserts gay. that he's a homosexual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's genuinely very funny. I really liked it. And it's the perfect policeman as well. It's Peter Ellis who's playing the copper. It's great. 
His call to home, David's call to home is really sweet. Yeah. It's really cute. You get, I think it's his little sister or his little brother gets on yeah, the phone. Yeah, and again, we don't hear the other side of the nope, conversation it's in a phone as well. box, in a lands and phone box. Mm-hmm. And it's really like, tell everyone I love them, but done like a brother would to a little sister. Yeah. So occasionally yeah, calling her a name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's really sweet. Yeah, I really liked it. It's a nice character point because he's not all bad, you know. He He's never really bad. He's just not the hero hero that we're used to. No, but his friend who was the one who talked about sexually assaulting Debbie Klein yeah. is then immediately offed. And, you know, he's more, yeah. he's more sympathetic than... Uh, Jack was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jack. Jack watching from See You Next Tuesday. See You Next Tuesday is on the, the marquee yeah. of, the, of the cinema. The Eros Cinema, I think it was. Oh, nice. In, um, in Piccadilly, Piccadilly Circus. Piccadilly, yeah. There was a real thing. Yeah. It's, it sounds mad now that there was like porn cinemas. It makes me so in happy. In the centre of, of London. I mean, you know, old Soho kind of thing. But like Piccadilly Circus is like the most central London yeah. thing you can get. And there was a, a, a like a grotty flea pit there. True. It's, but I mean, I read you the, the trivia bit where it said that it when he wrote this script 10 years prior, mm-hmm. when he wrote this film rather 10 years prior, that Eros cinema had been a cartoon cinema specifically yeah. for animation. So in his mind, this whole next scene was filmed to sort of dancing cartoons. Yeah, Looney Tunes stuff. And then by the time he got there to filming it, it was a porn cinema. So he just kind of went with it. And yeah, he said he didn't change really no. anything in the. Yeah, no, it makes it more surreal and amazing. And then, yeah, as you say, they filmed See You Next Tuesday using some real British talent shall we say sorry see you next wednesday not see you next yes, tuesday course, that's yes. a naughty word mm. <laughs> yeah see you next wednesday jack looks pretty bad because jack is a puppet now oh yeah and a really good one a really good one it's this the the rotting corpse of jack continues to disintegrate it's a small detail but it's one that a lot of films wouldn't have bothered with that each time we see him he's that's in amazing. worse shape because he's in the ground now but of course he's here this is the thing until the bloodline is extinct and David dies. Mm. He's condemned to walk the earth, basically, right? Can't all get, of his victims are condemned to work the, walk the earth, yes. All of all of David's victims are meant to wonder about being the undead, yeah. is what they're described as. The puppet that they used is actually voiced by Griffin Dunn. And the puppeteer at the same time, so ah. uh, so that he can be in time with his words. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's nice. Okay. It's because it's really good work. It took me a while to figure out that it was a. Oh really? Uh, yes. A puppet. Because yes. again, it's in the we're in the back row of a flea pit porn cinema, so it's <laughs> it's it's dimly lit, which of course works very well for the for the yeah. puppet to 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 work, and. This scene being introduced to the, all of his victims who are all there with like fresh blood on themselves. So amazing. With and having a general chat. Porn music in the background, and occasionally we get a shot of the screen as well. Of yeah. The, yeah. Is is horrible. It's brilliantly horrible, is what I've said. I put Michael Carter, I think that might be the name of the man it is, the man from the train station. Right, yes. Because um, he's got a really engaging voice, like a yeah. beautiful voice. Um, I thought he'd been in more, but he hadn't been in anything of note, really. No, he'd yeah, just kind of bimbled. But get, yeah, but there's a few... Like, Jenny Agatha is the 
big name that you would recognise yeah. who's like a bona fide movie star in this. But the rest of the cast are not no. famous. No. But everybody acquits themselves very well. The we then have this really interesting scene. I can't remember why it exists, but the stunt driver. Oh, because he's transformed again, hasn't he? Yeah, for some somehow it's a somehow it's, it's a full, full moon, moon again. I don't know how that works. No, he was in that porn <laughs> cinema a long time. <laughs> oh god! And I put epic stunt driving by that double decker bus. It's a mm. full London bus, and they do a like a you know. Yeah, yeah, and. And they do it in Piccadilly Circus. I'm watching this and thinking, well, like, it's like a handbrake this turn. Is this is really the centre of London? Yeah. I mean, Lord knows how they did it. But, um, even I mean, it would be impossible now. But even in 1981, like this is really the that's ludicrous. The centre of London. Yeah, this would yeah. have been a, a busy yeah. place, even at like when I presume they did it at like 3 a.m. Yeah, middle of summer. And there's a lot of car crashes and stuff which are really happening in the yeah in in the location it's it's extremely impressive and yeah. i've not i know i was genuinely surprised you know because there's a fair few of the a fair few of the crashes are filmed in tight close-up which means that you could have done them on a oh anyway anywhere yeah. but there's a lot of yeah that car bus. crash business and the bus is clearly going around the actual piccadilly circuit yeah it's really good. And it's here where a man goes through a window. You asked about that earlier. Yes, a man goes through the window and it's the director. Yeah. And writer, John, <laughs> which is exciting. Yeah. Crash, crash, bang. Good work, Jenny. Go for it. What does that <laughs> mean? <laughs> oh, she's running in heels. That'll be it. Oh, I, I'm right, yeah. often impressed when people run in heels. Um, but she's running around and she's trying to distract the wolf and trying to chat to him like he's a person and, and all the rest of it, yeah. Well, this is the payoff of scene earlier in her flat when he uh david says asks her if she's seen the wolfman the lon cheney film yeah and has the his hypothesis is that you can only be you can only be killed as a as a wolf man yeah. by someone who loves, who loves you, you. Mm-hmm. and he's obviously seen you know he obviously knows he's a very cine literate horror film yeah. protagonist which is handy handy is a stand-in for John Landis here as well, yes, right? You know, he's, he's obviously seen these and thought about these and and the, this and Fright Night and Gremlins, yes, are all the same decade and they're all three different directors who, who just love horror. Yeah, grew up watching this stuff yeah. and and they've all internalised it and made these. It's three, three very great different interpretations of the brief, but also lots of similarities. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And and yeah, so this scene at the end is sort of the payoff mm-hmm. from that that earlier scene, if you'd like, because while while we've been following young David around in the in the porn cinema, say talking to all of his victims, and and again, there's that bit where all of his victims are discussing ways in which he can kill himself, I know. which is really dark and horrible. And again, yeah. so you've got the all, the this this horrible like saxophone loop going on in the background oh, while it's all happening yeah. as well, and this sort of like dirty velvet. You know, flea pit. Why would you pick velvet for a porn cinema? <laughs> Wipe clean, please. Keep it all pleather or not at all. Yeah. Well, I think because it was a it was a cartoon cinema a, a, a decade Very earlier. little need to to be wiped clean in a in a children's cinema, of course. Oh yeah, good yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this um, scene at the end it, because he eviscerates the owner of the. The cinema, and mm. he goes down to find out what the you know what's the disturbance. Yes, the police um, as well. Yeah, 
Um, and but but Alex, Nurse Alex, Jenny Agatha has been trying to take him to see the doctor mm. because who was concerned and has put all the pieces together and and the doctor's hypothesis is not that he's a werewolf but that he's suffering from huge delusions the belief that he's a werewolf yes. and might be a danger to himself or others mm-hmm. trying to get and it feels like you know I said earlier it's very rare that you have like this much emphasis on you just have to kill yourself now pal yeah. you just have to die it feels like in in other lesser films like this would be like the salvation narrative that like, it would the doctor save her. is working on something yeah. and, you know but that's never really feels like it's going to happen. No. But she has... But that's why she's there. She's tracked down, you know, this yeah. rumpus going on and she figures out it must rumpus. be... Rumpus. Well, yeah. Big yeah. police-based rumpus. Rumpus, yeah. <laughs> and that's why she's there and then does the running in heels to the end of the end of the alleyway where he is in his wolf mm. form. Mm-hmm. I've put... There's no way they could have hit him from there. No, they managed to shoot them, shoot them through her pretty well. Yeah, you know she's standing directly in front of where they would shoot from, but it doesn't matter. No, the score's amazing. He is definitely dead, and it ends with Jenny just weeping, and then an upbeat blue moon playing over it. Bursts in, and it's a very Chef's abrupt kiss. ending. You it's get this so beautiful amazing. shot as well of him like a Renaissance painting, oh, like, yeah. like a beautiful tableau of the of the dead naked David yeah. as he lies there, and you have that wonderful. When she's standing looking at him and says, "I love you," mm. and then the like the the fa- the wolf face sort of changes. Yeah, and it's ambiguous. It sort of seems to soften. I don't yeah. know. Like it seems to sort of recognition, recognition or something. And then I don't know. It's like does he does he go forward? Does he go to attack her? Is it him? Is this him doing suicide by cop? Yes. Almost. Yeah. You know, it seems unlikely that he would attack... Like, if we take the facial movement as recognition of who she is, mm-hmm. he will also know, given that he's just been in the cinema where all of these dead people are telling him to kill himself. Yeah. And he knows, and given that it's him and what the conversation they've had earlier, it's beautifully set up that you can interpret... That. Well, he's also had the nightmare of of a wolf killing her. Yeah. So his, it will be to protect her as well, and knowing all, that yeah, he, can't, he from will himself. hurt everyone. Yeah. And it's all done in this... Ex, in this in, with great economy of yeah. cinema or of work, and say, so, and then crash cut to black, and the credits, yeah. the upbeat thing, and it, it's just it's, it's finished. But it, and it's and it's abrupt, but it's also it's deliberately abrupt. It's, it's not that nonsense where they perfect. ran out of budget or time and no, ended exactly. a film badly. It's yeah. like no, that's all you get, bitch. <laughs> you, you know. Yeah, but it's all you need. Everything, yeah. everything that you need. Well, this is what I'm saying, and why it's such a British film. It's a. I swear down, as they say on Jeremy Kyle, Go on. that John Landis was a fan of British horror, and this is something that we're missing here. Ah. Because, and again, fan of British comedy, because an American film would have had to explain every ounce of that. Yeah, there would have been rules all the way through. There would have been rules at the end. It would have had the redemption story. There would have been a Christian undertone. All these things that American horror cinema brings into it, and he didn't. He did it the British way. He just ended it, and we all have to feel sad listening to Jenny Agatha cry over Blue Moon. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yes, but I'll tell you what. The Universal ones end hella abruptly as well. You think about the end of Dracula when it's just like, oh, you know, Dracula's oh, yeah. staked off screen, everyone's, uh, you know, <laughs> fine, mar- marriage bells, <laughs> finish. Fine. But it's got that economy of, mm. but you're dead right, it doesn't have the bloat 
of the American film. You know, it's 1981. No. Yeah. And I have put that it's hugely ahead of its time in a lot of ways as well. Absolutely. There's a lot of like shaky cam cinema verite yes. stuff from the, from with the, all the car crash stuff and the p- panicked coppers and stuff. Yes. And John Lennon's going through a window that feels yeah. much more modern. Yeah, definitely. Um, it really stands up to say this. We watched it on a restored Blu-ray and mm. sometimes with some, given that this is 40 years old yeah, somehow this, this year, year. Uh, sometimes like high definition either on disc or you know mm. the streaming sites is not kind to 80s films some no. old movies you no, know no. they were never sort of designed to be watched I mean I'm sure they were projected on yeah, but on a dodgy mil, old screen. You know, not, you weren't you weren't yeah. supposed to be able to like freeze frame and go over it in your home. <laughs> but the 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 caliber of the work mm. and the the lighting and the shooting and the editing is is such that this doesn't fit. You know, it's only the sort of brilliant period detail stuff that that dates it. Mm-hmm. It's all that, all those early 80s shots of London and you know as we the said fashion, the, yeah. the, the £1.50 in the taxi things like that <laughs> yeah it was made it was yes it was made in England British production and it was one of the last Edie Levy films okay where the, the a proportion of ticket sales in British cinemas yeah was taken as tax and then given to the British film industry to produce yes, that more makes sense. films and this was how a lot of the British horror films that you're talking about, the Hammer ones yeah. and so were made well, this was yeah. how a lot of them were financed but by the time of the late 70s, early 80s when the filmmakers had worked out that the way to the, 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 the best way to make money out of this like the, the films that made the most money for the least outlay were the sex comedies and the sort of things like See You Next Wednesday that the yeah. parodying <laughs> yes. here so in 1981, 1982 it was axed because yeah the government had realised that they were effectively subsidising like terrible filth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is one of the last films made under that scheme. Yes. Which is why you've got all these British actors yeah. and British crew and everything. I only have one note that I didn't mention, mm-hmm. and that is the sound that the werewolf makes. Some oh, of yeah. the sounds. So as he's transforming, as he's changing. Um, the sounds that he makes are a mixture of wolf, lion, panther, locomotive, hmm. and the very first sound is a pig farm. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's a good a good combination yeah. of noises, isn't it? Well, horrible. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> disgusting and awful and horrible. I feel it really packs a punch, you know? Yeah, you, it's great. You, end it for, you feel like, oh, you've been through something yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say especially following up on the broad comedies that he'd been making yeah. in the years the years prior. As I said, it was an earlier script from the early 70s was his plan. He was mm-hmm. going to make it with Rick Baker. Like he had, um, that was his idea because I think Rick Baker worked on his first movie. Right. Which was, he made Schlock in 1973. Wow. Synopsis on IMDb, a small town is terrorised by the banana killer, which turns out to be the missing link between man and ape. <laughs> wow. Right? You know, it is Someone much more... likes their 30s films. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but, you know, after that, he couldn't get the finance to get this one made. <laughs> Damn. Um, For a decade. That's so frustrating. So, yeah, exactly. But again, 
you know, I know they brought forward special effects themselves, but at least it would have progressed 10 years what yeah. they could do, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so then he made Animal House and the Blues Brothers, and then mm. suddenly he could afford to, yeah. to have this made. And then he directed the Thriller video in 1983, Perfect. so two years later. Yes. You, you can really see, yeah, like, yeah, the... Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, the through line almost. Yeah. Uh, from this, you know, and um, and he did a bit of the Twilight Zone movie, but in between that, he directed Trading Places. The um, is it Dan Aykroyd and Jamie Lee Curtis and Eddie Murphy? Yeah, which is another sort of broad comedy uh, thing. So he's making horror and making comedy films, sort of almost one after the other. But yeah. this is one where they both come together there's a lot of car crashes in the blues brothers and i was suddenly reminded of that at the end yeah when the blues brothers ones are uh, you know stupid and dumb and funny whereas these are quite gory and people really look like they're being hurt yeah at the end you know, the real sense of pandemonium and danger and yeah. stuff going on i'm just trying to think if we have any have anything is that us to say in in closing about Ooh. about this about it i've said what i was going to yeah I suppose it's a close something about. We haven't done many. It's the second werewolf yeah. film, and they always seem to be a little bit the sort of poor relation. There doesn't seem to be as many no. of them yeah. as the other creatures, and it takes a few years into the universal cycle when they before they get to the Wolfman. Yeah. By the time you get to a Wolfman, they've done Dracula, they've done Frankenstein, they've done the Invisible Man. Yeah. And the Wolfman comes along a little bit later and doesn't have the sort of long pedigree, mm-hmm. if you'd like, a lot of his. So there's, <laughs> so they seem to be a little bit of there's just not so many of them. But, but everything werewolfy that's come after this, yes, bears the stamp. I think it does. I will say that we are speaking about werewolves as the main theme of the film. But if we weren't, then the entire Twilight franchise and the Underworld franchise were very heavily werewolfian. Oh, good point. Yes, mm. re- yes, you're right. We we don't see so often the werewolf in the sort of starring role. role mm-hmm. You know, there. Are, but you're you're dead right. That's a very good point. They did turn up as supporting because or the baddie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because yeah, Twilight is a vampire series that also yeah. happens to have werewolves in it. Yeah. Rather than, you know, rather than there being werewolf films that feature yeah, vampires. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. Well made. Thanks. Uh, but so I really think that this is. Yeah, I was just blown away by how how sharp it was. Yeah. How good it was. How grown up it was. How horrible it was. It was really good to finally see it, having sort of seen probably about 15 years ago all those um top 100 scary moments charts on channel four and it came up in so many of them and then to see it for real was like oh yeah that is actually really good i see why too yeah Yeah. what we doing next see i'm tempted to say it's invisible man but i said that last time there we go invisible man there we go lovely so having talked about those having talked about those universal horror films and the fact that they were a big influence on this when John Landis was growing mm-hmm. up because they were and the say on Fright Night and the, the, because they were syndicated on the telly in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. and 70s in America just over and over and over again late at night yeah uh, we're now going to do one of them which Yay. is nice uh, the 1933 Invisible Man starring 
Claude Rains. Nice. Which, yeah, I commend to you. It's directed by James Whale, who also made the Frankenstein films, and it is available on Prime. Um, um, I think it's rentable on Prime, and there is also a print on the Internet Archive. Nice. Archive.org, which looks a little bit scratchy, but, you know, it's also... It's dead old. It's dead old, and it's also free. But, uh, you know, do... A lot of these old, a lot of the 30s ones, mm. sort of, are often on disc or online on really quite scratchy, faded old yeah. prints. And whereas there's something, if you can, if you can find... A decent cleaned up print it really can be a bit of a revelation on this stuff nice i remember i've got the there's a there's a blu-ray box set of universal monsters which, mm. I have, which has all of these in and seeing them sharp like that is, yeah it's it's you know it's, it's wonderful what much more what much easier to watch as well yeah however you know do do what you can and join us next week mm. for that we look forward to it we look forward to welcoming you back into the Haunted Picture Palace, mm-hmm. from which we are recording, of course. Oh, I forgot yes, to mention yeah. that every week we break into a spooky abandoned cinema and set up the microphones. And lie. And l- lie. Mm. <laughs> lie down on the horrible seats. <laughs> <laughs> Please, if you've enjoyed this film, we have anything oh. to tell us about anything. You want to make any comments about anything we've seen, anything we haven't seen? If you have any thoughts about this film or any of the other films we've seen or talked about, mm-hmm. please let us know. Drop us a line on the emails at hauntedpicturepalace at gmail dot com. Yeah. Or drop us a line on the old Instagrams. Give us a follow and send us a message. Haunted underscore picture underscore palace. Or we're also on Twitter. HPP Pod. Indeed. So we'd love to see you there. Mm. And. Don't have nightmares. Oh, bye! Oh, bye. Bye, everyone, bye. Bye. Oh, bye. We walked there. Along the... Yeah, it was... Was it... Oh... Did we, or was it in Fife, or was it along this coast? It was along this coast, because right. we'd, walk, we'd done the 10 mile... Oh, no! It had two pubs, and I chose one and then walked out of it. And then right. that, that day... Yes, that was somewhere along the way to North Berwick. Yes. Right. It's called something, though. Anyway. <laughs> um Chatting about the police. Oh, sorry, don't worry. Uh, that's the end of the other sentence. It's so weird to hear Miss Piggy and Fuzzy oh, right, there chatting, chatting about, about the, the police. police. Yeah.